December 8, 2017. Welcome back to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander here with me, and this is the third of three podcasts we're going to do this week. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please go do that on iTunes. That way uh, you'll have the latest episodes in your hands or on your phone uh, as quickly as possible. Rate it favorably if you if you got the time to do that, and continue to write great comments, please. You guys have been uh, terrific about doing that. We appreciate it, and I wanted to, to make sure you know that I, I mean that sincerely. Uh, some wild developments uh, in college basketball since we last spoke on Wednesday morning. Kansas lost to Washington on Wednesday night. Florida lost to Loyola Chicago on Wednesday night. The CBS Sports Top 25 and 1 is a complete mess. Three teams ranked in the top 10 of the preseason AP poll. Kansas, Florida, and of course Arizona have now taken sub-75 Ken Palm losses. In other words... Um, in the first month of the season, three preseason top 10 teams have lost to teams that are currently ranked outside of the top 75 at Kimpom. Matt Norlander, pop quiz, it's trivia time. Here's my okay. question. How many preseason top 10 teams took sub-75 Kimpom losses in the first month of last season? Okay, so this is one of those questions where you wonder if it's a trick question because you're going to say zero, but I'm not going to say zero because zero would be a boring answer. Even if it's the right answer, that's a boring answer. So I will say one, and I couldn't even begin to try and guess what team it would be. The answer is that boring old zero. It did not happen. In yeah. fact, how about this? And I don't even know what this means. Because as I looked this up, I, I, I was, okay, well, what, what can you draw from that? Is there a column? Is there something I can say about it? I don't even know what it means. I, I'd be curious to know if you know what it means, if it means anything. Other than uh, maybe the top ten teams this season are more vulnerable than usual. Or, they, or it's just like some weird results that sometimes happen, even if they didn't happen last year. Again, zero top ten teams preseason AP poll lost to sub-75 Ken Palm teams in the first month of the season. It's already happened three times this season with Arizona, Kansas, and Florida. Last season, the entire season, if you take the preseason top ten AP poll, those ten teams only took a sub-75 Ken Palm loss Three times the entire season. It almost never happened. Duke lost to NC State, which ended up 109th in Ken Palm on January 23rd. North Carolina, which was number six in the preseason AP poll, lost to Georgia Tech, which finished 77th at Ken Palm on December 31st. And Virginia lost to number 79 Pitt on January 4th. So it only happened to preseason top 10 teams three times all last season, didn't happen before December 31st, and didn't happen after January 23rd. Does that surprise you? And either way, what do you make of it? Yeah, it definitely surprises me. Uh, when stuff like this happens, we get the question, what do you make of all this? How do you explain this? <laughs> it's, it is a little bit hard to explain, I have to be honest, uh, because we did not expect to see anything like this, given the way Kansas was playing. Florida, yeah, I mean, it... It took a little bit of a dip back down to earth, and now it's dropped three straight. You wouldn't have thought it could lose at home to Loyola. GP, everyone goes into the O-Dome now. You understand that? <laughs> it looks it's that no way. no longer nobody just walks into the O-Dome. No, everybody actually walks into the O-Dome. Literally, literally anybody can walk into the O-Dome and get out of there with a win. 
anybody. So that, that whole dynamic has changed entirely. Uh, it is a little bizarre here. Uh, with Florida, some of it is... I asked Mike White in Portland, hey, you guys, they shot ridiculously well, um, and specifically in two of those games with the PK-80. And I said, how concerned are you with your team, given you're not as good defensively yet this year as you were last year? That's clear. And you're not going to be able to sustain 60% three-point shooting. Um, and he said, he said, you're right. Um, he said, I, I don't even think we're close to being a top-five team, which at the time I definitely thought they were. Uh, sometimes coaches say that just uh, not to get their team too high. Sometimes they genuinely believe it. Uh, White could have been onto something there. Certainly this team's shooting has drifted way back toward the mean. They are definitely not what they were last year defensively yet. Uh, once they get uh, Egbunu back in the lineup, I think that they can get there. Uh, but it is still bizarre. Florida should not be losing to, at, at best, the second-best team in the Missouri Valley on its home floor. It just shouldn't happen. Kansas, I got to be honest here. I was we're going to get to my Trey Young feature in a bit. I was re- finishing up my Trey Young feature. I didn't watch any of that game. I found out the next morning on Thursday morning when I woke up, I saw that Kansas had dropped a game to Washington. That's befuddling to me. Um, good on Hopkins. And it's actually even worse for Romar in retrospect. Uh, the fact that the guys that were on that team last year and only won nine total games, I think they're at seven wins now, GP, six or seven wins. And they get a win over a team like Kansas, who, yeah, they still don't have Billy Preston on the floor, but that's that's still, they got way too much talent to be dropping that kind of game. Uh, it is a little bit of a weird thing to see that happening. Um, overall, though, I want your thoughts on those two teams and then the, the top 25 in general, because we've, we've had so many teams now take some bad losses, and, I mean, it just might be one of those years. I did see a stat. I think I saw this on SportsCenter, so credit there. Um, it is the first time ever... That as of December 6th, uh, top five teams in the AP poll or top five teams uh, at the time of their ranking, the AP poll have lost to unranked opponents. I don't remember how many times, but there's never been a college basketball season where this far into the season, this many top five teams have dropped X amount of games to unranked opponents. Uh, that's intriguing, and I wonder how it will affect seeding come long term in March. It's funny you mentioned you weren't watching the Kansas game. Neither, neither was I for different reasons. A, it, it just doesn't. Uh, register as a type of game like, ooh, Kansas-Washington tonight. I need to be in front of the TV for that one. You just expect it's a game played in the state of Kansas, uh, in Kansas City. If that arena is in the state of Kansas, it might be in Missouri. Either way, you get the point. Um, you just assume, eh, hey, they'll be fine. Washington's not good. Kansas is elite, whatever. I um, left the radio show on Wednesday night. was going to meet my wife and kids and my mother for dinner. Hit a pothole. As soon as, uh. I, as soon as I hit it, I was like, oh, I hope that – like, I've got those sensors on my tires. So, like, I don't have to listen, like, for the ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Like, it'll, it'll start flashing in my car, like, yo, you've got a tire pressure problem. So I was like, please don't tell me I've got a tire pressure problem. Please don't tell me I've got a tire pressure problem. And I was like – it was like four seconds past, eight seconds past. I was like, okay, maybe I survived this. And then it was like, boom, you got a tire pressure problem, homie. So I got to pull over in, like, not the best part of town. And, uh, and, and so I say, okay, I don't want to cancel dinner plans on my mom and my family, so I'll just Uber to, uh, to the restaurant, and then I'll come back here and get my car with AAA. And so that's exactly what I did. I just Uber to the restaurant, eat. So I like, probably get there at 7, dinner till 8.15, and then I say, okay, it's time to go get my car. And AAA, God bless them because they've saved my life sometimes. They took an hour, like an hour 20 minutes to get there once I was back to my car. So I'm just sitting in my car, and I'm watching, like, resu- I'm just, like, on Twitter. I'm just bored. So I'm just on Twitter. I'm watching <laughs> scoreboards. And 
I see Florida is is losing to Loyola Chicago, and I'm like, all right, well that's because when I when these results start popping off, I am only thinking about the top 25 and one. Like, how difficult is this result going to make my job? tomorrow morning when i'm the guy that writes the politex column i actually have to put like real thought in this and and try to make it as logical and rational as possible something i can actually defend if people ask questions so i'm watching florida lose and i'm like god come on mike why don't put me in this position but then i'm like you know what that's three straight losses i can just get rid of florida if i need to that uh, you know uh, relative to the way i've been updating the rankings i if i can get rid of arizona at, after after three losses i can get rid of Florida after three losses. So I was fine. And as soon as I like came to like, I made that make sense in my head and I was relaxed again. People were like, you realize Kansas is about to lose to Washington. You're going to drop them out of the top 25 and one, because literally on Wednesday morning, I wrote that I didn't have Purdue in and perhaps some other team in maybe it was Minnesota because listen, they've taken sub 75 losses. Nobody else I have ranked has taken those kinds of losses. So I think those teams are good, but they do have those on the resume, and you got to respect the results. So Purdue, I can't do nothing for you. And then they're like, oh, well, hey, according to the way you're doing things, you got to kick Kansas out of the top 25 and 1. So I'm like, son of a bitch. I was so upset. And, uh, like, I really, like, was stressed out about this. And I had to, like, just go through and totally start from scratch on the top 25 and 1 Thursday morning. And just, I even wrote, like, a few hundred words. Like, listen, this is, I don't know what to do. And so now I've got Kansas, like, way down, like, 24th in the country. And Kansas fans know I don't think there are really 23 teams better than you. I do think Kansas is going to still win the Big 12. But, or. but what am I supposed to do when I am actually trying to, to put together rankings that, yeah, take common sense into play in, in under consideration and, and take preseason expectations and, and uh, metrics in, uh, under consideration, but also do reflect the results of games. If I'm going to punish other teams for losing to incredibly inferior opponents, how can I then not punish Kansas for losing to an incredibly uh, inferior opponent, particularly like, you know, in front of its home crowd? So, like, I, the whole motivation for me looking up what I told you earlier, which is how often do teams lose, elite teams, or at least uh, so-called elite teams, lose games like this this early in the season because when i did the top 25 in yesterday morning i i was like i've never been this confused by what i'm looking at like i've never it's never been as difficult like where i'm con i'm i'm in putting myself in a position where i got to contradict myself in different places like and and so i went i said let me look this up like is this normal and when i found out it's not normal like so if you looked at the top 25 and one and it doesn't make any sense to you i understand it was difficult to do if you're going to actually um respect the results of games but uh it has been a wild first month of the season it's been a wild week to watch to watch some of these teams that were supposed to be um really good and probably are really good and will be really good take these losses that teams like them annually just do not take man i mean it's uh it, that's been unusual i don't know that it's been a big storyline of the season but it has been unusual it has been unusual and yeah i i think every year we get you know notable upsets at least a, a cluster of them in non-conference play and uh hey it's part of what makes the season fun the types of, the, of of upsets those are vary year to year and this one is just we are we're getting some some bizarre ones for, from teams that are ranked but also specifically as it pertains to the top five overall i think that's pretty pretty important to remember i want to clue people in on what parish has here 
with his latest rankings. This is as of Thursday. We're recording this Friday, but I do not believe nothing changed. It, nothing changed. Yeah, so it actually technically is as of Friday as well because it's it's definitely uh, certainly different from from what we had in the preseason. And I and what I'm curious about here is where we stand now. Versus where we were heading into the season, and then as we've mentioned many times on the podcast before, but just as a refresher for people, the preseason polls are actually a very good, here comes the word, harbinger yeah. of what will come by the time we get to March, right? So uh, this weird tide shift of where we're at now, it might it might ebb just a bit as by the time we get back to March. So, you know, Duke, Michigan State, Nova, that's your top three. They're pretty much staying fairly strong. North Carolina at four. Uh, which is a solid spot for North Carolina, given what we would have been saying about them the day after they got uh, beat by Michigan State and had the worst offensive performance literally in program history. Wichita State is still a top-five team. Kentucky is 7-1. and one. They're still there. Miami. But then, you know, you get to A&M, West Virginia, 8-9. and nine. Both teams with one loss. West Virginia's only loss actually came to A&M, so it makes perfect sense there. Virginia's hovering. They just lost on the road to West Virginia. So that's the top ten, right? Right. Yeah, and Florida State. I mean, yeah, I mean, Florida State eleven is undefeated. I think that's actually pretty good there. I think I'd have Arizona State a little bit better, but I understand why you have Florida State better at this moment because of uh, the win at Florida specifically and how good that was. TCU still undefeated. Then you got Xavier just ahead of Cincinnati by one. I think that's probably okay. Gonzaga is your highest ranked two loss team. So real quick, you've got Gonzaga at sixteen. And then there's a bevy of some two-loss teams. But why, for example, would you have Gonzaga at 16 ahead of, say, Seton Hall at 20, who is 7-1, Texas Tech at 21, also 7-1? A lot of it comes down to what you thought of Gonzaga's losses. Like, here's the thing. Like, I, 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 don't, I, I gave up arguing with people on Twitter about rankings because it just takes up too much time. I can't explain everything in a 280 characters. But, like, a podcast is a good place to do this. I really do put real thought into this. I'm not saying it's foolproof. I mean, or, or like, there's never something that you can't point to and go, oh, I think I got you in a, in a tight spot there, Parrish. But, like, I do put a lot of thought in this. Where Gonzaga comes in is some of it comes down to a lot of where you – what you thought of their losses when they happen. So when Gonzaga takes those losses when they happen, one's a 2 OT loss to Florida when Florida was ranked like top 10 in the country. We were like, ooh, that's a, that's a good loss. And, and then, of course, the other one's to Villanova, which looks terrific. So the Florida losses doesn't look as good as it looked at the time because of what Florida has subsequently done. But I already had Gonzaga up at a particular place. And I still the metrics still show – you know, like Ken Palm still got Gonzaga, I think, even higher than I have Gonzaga. So you, you take all of this stuff, throw it in a pot, you know, mix it up, and um, and, and, and that's what you get. But if, if your point is, could somebody else have Seton Hall or uh, Texas Tech or Nevada or Tennessee higher than Gonzaga? Sure, they could. Like they, I, I think there's a group of teams right there that you could put them almost in any order, and it wouldn't look – it wouldn't look ridiculous. It's not, you know, it's, it's, I don't really get caught up in too much, you know, uh, 14, 15, 16, uh, as much as I like try to make sure they're in the right range. The only time I really like get really caught up in the actual teams in the specific order is exactly like what you talked about at, at eight, nine, and 10. Texas A&M is a one loss team, um, but it does have that win over West Virginia. West Virginia is a one-loss team, only lost to A&M. Let's put them right behind them. Uh, Virginia is a one-loss team, only lost to West Virginia. Let's put them right behind them. I think the order matters there. In the other places, yeah, I mean, you could have Seton Hall, Texas, Gonzaga, 
Cincinnati, Texas Tech. You could put those in any order, and it wouldn't it wouldn't stand out or or, or look ridiculous. But it is um it, it's been an interesting uh, uh you know again few days, but but season so far. Uh, as somebody who has to, my job requires it. Look at this stuff um, pretty intensely every single morning or either late every night. Um, I, I noticed you know sort of what's what's normal and what's not. And uh, my instincts told me that what's happening this so far this season is not normal. And uh, when I did the research, it, it backed it up. Let me ask you about Kansas. Just a crazy, bizarre Devontae Graham missed seven of the eight shots he took. What are you going to do? Or is there something there that makes you question whether Kansas is what we thought Kansas was going to be? Yeah, you've got Kansas 24, squeezed between Tennessee at 23 and Purdue at 25. I think it's the most aggressive poll change I've seen you ever do, and that includes like – even when you were just doing it week to week overall. Um, I Listen, we just both mentioned on the previous podcast that Kansas would have to be considered in that group of right. like automatic, you know, in your list of most likely national champions. I can't let one loss, a nine-point loss to Washington, change all of that. Um, granted, I did not see the Washington game, but I did see him play against Syracuse, saw him play against Kentucky, uh, saw a little bit of their, uh, of their you know, blowout win versus Oakland. Uh, a good Oakland team that they just ran off the floor. Um, I think they're still I – st- I still think at the end of the season, Kansas is going to be at worst a top six team. Uh, I think they're going to be at worst a number two seed. They've got an interesting game coming up here on Sunday, which we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, I, and, yeah, Devontae Graham had a bad night. But there, there's just too much shooting ability there, uh, a lot of athleticism with their backcourt do wonder when Billy Preston's car issue is going to get figured out here. And maybe we touch on that next week. If Let's Preston... figure out when my car issue is going to get. I got a flat tire still, Norlander. That's a problem. There's no doubt about it. But the thing is, you're eligible to play to to talk on this to play on this podcast. I'm eligible I, to I, write I, for the site. I maintain you're my eligibility. Not question. Billy Preston's is. Let's give this a few more days and see if he plays in that game on Sunday. If he doesn't, yeah, we can uh, we can kind of address some of that more because I think they're gonna. I don't think he's gonna be a top ten freshman or anything like that, but I do think he'll end up being a pretty important cog to that team because right now they don't have a ton of depth, and um, it was it was certainly bizarre to see them lose the way they did to Washington. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Like if you start doubting Kansas, there was a maybe a few years ago, a couple years ago, they took a bad like what are you doing loss. I want to say maybe it was Texas Tech. And Bill Self was like, that's the worst loss I've ever had or the worst team I've ever had or the worst ever. TCU, remember they lost to ah, TCU. TCU. That's exactly what it was. That TCU. Yeah, yeah. It was like I, I don't remember the details, but I just remember Bill being pissed and people are like, oh, what's wrong with Kansas? And then you find out nothing's wrong with Kansas. They're fine. I suspect this will be the same. I Like I said, um, I don't really think there's 23 teams better than Kansas. But if I was going to um, – it is drastic, like you said. Uh, moving Kansas from where I had them to 24, drastic. But it, but it is also consistent with the way I was doing things. Um, I wasn't proud of it. I, 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 you know, in a in a perfect world, Kansas doesn't lose that game, and we don't even have to consider uh, doing uh, doing anything to them. But whatever, they'll probably beat Arizona State on Sunday, and then I'll move them right back up, and we can all get back into a a, a world that makes a little more sense. Let me tell you about SeatGeek, which is uh, the smartest, easiest way uh, to get tickets to live events. That's what I've learned over the years. Thanks to SeatGeek, seamless. Mobile experience that allows you to buy and sell tickets in just two taps. And if you download that app, use the promo code COLLEGEBB. That's COLLEGEBB. You're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And to be clear, that's not just a college basketball games. Uh, it's, it's to NFL games. It's to 
a bowl games. It's to NBA games. It's to concerts. Like, whatever you can buy tickets to, any sort of live event, you can get it on that SeatGeek app, and you can use that promo code COLLEGEBB, that's COLLEGEBB, to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. What they do at SeatGeek is they help you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. So it's going to save you time and it's going to save you money. And the way it's going to save you time and save you money is it's going to search multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals for you. You do not have to go searching this uh, ticket site and that ticket site and that ticket site and going through, spending an hour, hour and a half, two hours. You don't have to do that anymore to make sure you're getting the best deal. SeatGeek does that for you. They search the ticket sites. They find the best deal, best price, best value. Then you Two taps, you got your tickets. Use that promo code COLLEGEBB. That's COLLEGEBB to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's SeatGeek, millions of tickets in one place. Fun Friday night triple header at Staples Center, Norlander. You ready to stay up late tonight? I am so ready to stay up late tonight. There is no chance I'm going to see the the end of this triple header. Zero percent chance. This is, by the way, real quick, as we get into this, do we know why this is happening the way that it is and why it is? I have no idea. It's something called the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Okay, so is, okay. there's a bunch of these. In, like, this is what Syracuse and Kansas did. So they're in different – it's a fine idea, I guess, but at the same time, they're in different locations on different weekends. This is the same event that Kansas and Syracuse played in last weekend. Ah, okay. Well, it's a, it's a triple header at Staples Center, downtown L.A. Uh, St. John's, Arizona State's the first game. Uh, Oklahoma USC second game and then Nevada TCU which is a game between you ready for this two nationally ranked teams uh, Nevada TCU two nationally ranked teams that's the final game tips off at 1 a.m. Eastern so you got to stay up if you live on the East Coast you got to stay up to three in the morning to watch the end of Nevada TCU so yeah I'm not uh, I'm not I'm in the central time zone but still like I won't even be awake when that game tips I get up at like five o'clock every morning my kids so I can't, even if I want to stay up, I can't stay up that late. I never see the end of anything. Uh, so uh, nice triple header. And in the middle there is Oklahoma USC, um, which gives, I think, the country an opportunity to see on national television. Obviously not for the first time, but one of the first times, uh, the phenomenal freshman at OU, Trey Young, who you wrote a column about uh, that's posted at CBSSports.com right now. Um, just for people who haven't seen Trey Young yet, what can they see tonight? Yeah, this is a this is a bona fide feature, GP. I'd say even beyond the column here. This was. I'm uh, sorry, I haven't read it yet. You just posted this morning at like two minutes before we were getting on the podcast. I know, I know. Uh, first of all, um, it it starts off with uh, with a stunning revelation, and that is that Trey Young is legitimately, seriously. Now I poked some fun at him in the story because his teammates have as well, and he has some self-deprecation about it, but. He is terrified of only one thing on this planet. You know what that is? Chainsaws. Birds. Why birds? That's weird. You ever met anyone that's afraid of birds before? Um, worms. Well, no, that's not that's not a person. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> and the technical term is orna, ornithophobia, something like that. It's the it's the fear of all birds. He uh. Man, his teammates gave me some great anecdotes about him literally running away from pigeons in Australia. you got to read the story. It's just absolutely incredible. Uh, on the basketball floor, Trey Young is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And the one thing that I'm sure plenty of listeners have noticed is that uh, Steph Curry's name gets dropped a lot when it comes to Trey Young. Now, that is only half fair. Um, it's because Trey Young is the only college basketball player right now 
that is confidently and somewhat consistently and even allowed to just bomb shots from 27 feet. Uh, and obviously, when you have a player that's going to do that, the guy that's going to come to mind is, of course, Steph Curry. Now, I asked Trey about this and uh, about the Steph Curry comparison, whether he agrees with it. Does he like it? Does he think, you know, it's a little over the top? And he's flattered by it, but um, was quick to point out that his favorite player is Steve Nash. His dad did tell me later in an interview that, hey, Listen, just to let you know, in his later high school years, I couldn't use anything on our DVR because there were nothing but Golden State Warriors games. Okay, so this he's definitely been influenced by by Steph. There's no doubt about it. But uh, but Trey said, listen, man, like when it comes to my game, I think I've got, you know, I, I try and model myself after what Damian Lillard can do, what Kyrie Irving can do. He's actually like a legitimate student of the game because his father uh, was a star at Texas Tech. And went on to play, uh, have a cup of coffee in the NBA with the Rockets, uh, then played overseas. But he would ha- he had like contacts in the NBA, so he would get like professionally edited uh, DVDs of all these players, and Trey would study them. And he's been a, a Trey's been a basketball obsessive since he was about uh, nine, ten years old. They moved to Norway. Here's the crazy thing: so Oklahoma is in the middle of this resurgence, and they kind of get lucky that Trey's even in the neighborhood. So Ray Ray Young goes to Texas Tech. He's from Lubbock. He, uh, his wife is from Shawnee, Oklahoma, and after he's done playing, uh, his playing career, they, they have to decide, do we want to move to Lubbock or do we want to move uh, back to Oklahoma so the wife wins out? And because Kelvin Sampson recruited Trey Young's father, didn't get him but recruited him, uh, Ray also didn't really fight the move to Oklahoma. He knew Kelvin Sampson when Kelvin was coaching the Sooners and all that stuff. And that leads to Trey Young as like an 8-year-old being a ball boy idolizing Blake Griffin, growing up in Norman, and he seriously considered, the story has the details on this, but he was strongly, strongly, strongly considering Kansas or Kentucky, and his dad told me, listen, for about six months, he was going to Kentucky. This was going to happen. Um, Other forces came into play. I think Cal got a little impatient. I think Cal didn't want to promise Trey Young the offensive freedom that he clearly has had at Oklahoma, and so Ultimately, he stays home, and now the Sooners are going to play, pay big benefits from this because I think they're going to make the tournament because he stayed. I think Trey Young has a very, very good chance of being a top five most well-known college basketball player by the time we get to February, purely because he could be averaging 27 points a game, and just you'll, every time they play, you're going to see, here's what Trey Young did tonight. And I also want to say, he is a very, very good point guard. So he's third in the nation of assists right now. He's aiming to average double-digit assists, to average a double-double, not in points and rebounds is what you see with big men, but instead with points and assists, which is something that's very rare. He could become the first player in since 1991-92 season, I think, uh, to average at least 27 points and eight assists a game. It's a, it's a high rarity. He is a, he is a legit prospect, and what's interesting about that is that he's come in, and right now, statistically in terms of his value to that team i actually think he barely edges marvin bagley at this very point in this now if he has a bad game against usc if he has a bad game against usc and this is a classic writer's jinx you write a feature on a a player and then they go out and they play terribly bagley will leapfrog him there's no doubt about it but for trey young to be doing what he's doing guiding that offense he has the keys completely bagley's been totally vital to duke but he's got more talent around him I think at this point, now, I, in a player of the year race, Duke's the better team. I would have Bagley so far ahead of Trey Young at this point. But um, Trey Young wasn't even a top 20 prospect in his own class. And it was because he was seen as a little too small, not quite good enough defensively, maybe a little bit too much of a chucker. Uh, but never, nevertheless, he was a five-star player. And for him to do what he's done like this, it's, it's pretty remarkable because normally with one-and-done type players, and Trey may or may not be that. We'll see. I'll, I'll tell you this. If he is averaging 28 points, 
and seven and a half assists by the end of the season, I would think he's going to go. Um, and I had scouts tell me at PK 80, if he keeps those numbers up, he'll probably have to go because he'll be in that top 20 range. But the kind of players that come in and are awesome right away from game one and dominate, they're usually dominant big men, really good power wings, like and and the and the point guards that are awesome, like Derrick Rose and John Wall, they were not nearly as good of a shooter as Trey Young is. They weren't nearly as good of a distributor or asked to do as much from a passing standpoint as Trey Young has been. So as it stands to talking about him as a point guard and what he has done, there really have not been a lot of players like him over the past ten to fifteen years. He is a ton of fun to watch. Oklahoma second in the country in scoring. Definitely, this is the game to watch. I think this is the game of the weekend because USC is a really good team. If Oklahoma wins, they should definitely be in your top 25 and one come Saturday morning. Um, they've got some few other good players around it, but it's it's Trey and everyone else. And to see a freshman be this good, this fast immediately, it's awesome. He'll be going for his sixth straight game of at least 28 points if he can get to that mark against the Trojans. All right, let's run right, through let's... the triple header. St. John's, Arizona State, pick a winner, Norlander. Uh, I'm going to take Arizona State. They've been really good. They're in your ranking. St. John's only has GP. I think they only have one loss. Um, would be a huge moment for St. John's. I don't think it's going to be close, though. Uh, I actually think Arizona State's a much better team. Give me Arizona State, say 86-74. I'll go Arizona State, 83-76. Oklahoma, USC. Since you uh, just fell in love with Trey Young and professed it publicly, I'm assuming you're picking the Sooners to win it straight up. You cannot straight up me, okay? I, <laughs> you cannot take my pick and make it your straight up. I am actually not. I'm going to go with the writer's jinx here, Ooh. and I'm going to say the Trojans get a comfortable win over the Sooners, unfortunately, because things just tend to work out like that. Uh, USC has lost two in a row. They lost to AM. They lost to SMU. I think they'll bounce back. This is going to be a very fun game. Give me USC 90 to 86. I would have loved to take. Uh, to t- I would have loved to have taken Oklahoma. But I got to go USC. They're inside Staples Center. You think you just go into Staples Center and beat the Trojans? No way. Don't try and. Don't try and Odom. <laughs> USC 84, Oklahoma 79. Nevada, TCU, who you got? I got me passed out before this tips off. Yeah, I got and, no child. I'm a, I'll find out who won that game when I wake up at like 4.15 for some reason. Uh, fascinating game, though. Really, as you said, two ranked teams, both really good teams. Nevada, Nevada gave it away versus Texas Tech earlier this week. They should have had that game on the road. They lost in overtime. Uh, you know what? Give me the Wolfpack. Really, really well coached. Um, I think a pretty solid team on offense. Caleb Martin, Jordan Caroline, a couple of really good juniors. Cody Martin's also in there as well. Uh, I'll take the Wolfpack to win 76-71. I'll take TCU 77, Nevada 76, but it's a total coin flip game. And it's an interesting game on a lot of different levels, Um, mostly because these guys – I haven't had these jobs very long. Like, I live in a city now where some fans, and the number's dwindling, but there's still just a couple holding on to the idea that you have to understand when you get a new coach, it just takes some time. I'm talking, of course, about the University of Memphis. It doesn't actually take time. Um, and even if it does take time, you're not supposed to make things drastically worse. You're supposed to make them better. Uh, either way, at Nevada, didn't take time. At TCU, didn't take time. Check this out. Eric Mosselman took over Nevada program. That was 9-22 and 22 the season before he arrived. Then led the Wolfpack to 24 wins, CBI title in his first year. That was followed by last year, 28 wins, Mountain West title, trip to the NCAA tournament. And now, in his third year, Nevada's 8-1, and one, ranked 22nd 
in the CBS Sports Top 25 and 1. Jamie Dixon took over a TCU program uh, before last season that went 12-21 and 21 in the season before he arrived. Last year led the Horned Frogs to 24 wins, won the NIT, and now in his second year, TCU is 9-0, and ranked 13th in the CBS Sports Top 25 and 1. So don't tell me it takes time. It didn't take time there. On Saturday, Florida-Cincinnati in Newark, Minnesota at Arkansas. Those are the two big games. Florida-Cincinnati in Newark. Florida's obviously struggling. Uh, can they break that losing streak, or are Bearcats too tough for them? Uh, man, if I didn't have a housewarming party, I think I'd be at this game because I think it's interesting enough and actually let both like re- really both like both teams going forward. I'll take the Gators here because I think that they are the better team ever so slightly overall. I think if they played a best of seven, I'd take Florida four games to three, but this is a best of one, and I will still take the Gators. Um, both teams are better offensively than they have been in the past, but something tells me we might see a little bit of a, of a flash of what these teams were. So I'll take Florida 69-66. I think that'll be a nice win. Yeah, I'll go Cincinnati, but it's a, again, this is a coin flip game, just like the Nevada-TCU. Maybe Cincinnati 71, Florida 69, but uh, obviously a game between two good teams, two teams that are going to go to the NCAA tournament, two teams that could ultimately be conference champions. Um, it, you know, it, final minutes, somebody makes a shot, somebody misses a shot. Uh, whatever. Minnesota at Arkansas. Uh, Minnesota obviously coming off a tough loss. I guess it was at Nebraska midweek, and now they're on a road again. If you couldn't win at Nebraska, looks like it could be difficult to win at Arkansas because Arkansas is not great, but they're not bad. Didn't Arkansas beat the Oklahoma team that you fell in love with? Uh, they did. Yeah, so Minnesota no, at- wait, did, Yeah, no, they did. They did. They did. That was the first night, yes. Yeah, so they- Minnesota's at Arkansas. What do you got? I got Arkansas winning big, and actually I think there are two more games I just want to mention real quick before we scoot out of here. But I'll take Arkansas, uh, particularly because it's at home. And yep. they, they absolutely have really, uh, even if Minnesota is a better team, I think Arkansas, if you're an NCAA tournament team, everyone's healthy, and you play to uh, to the way that you should be playing, then you should win this game. I'll take Arkansas 77-71 uh, overall. And then two, uh, I just want to mention real quick, Wichita State should win in Oklahoma State. That might be a little bit slipperier, slipperier than people think. Um, let's make sure that they're on their game there. And then Bama plays at Arizona. Now that's Colin Sexton versus Alonzo Trier. I think Arizona is going to win that game. That's a 10 o'clock Eastern tip on Saturday night, so it's a late tip. Um, but remember, college basketball is going to have most of Saturday because the only college football game is the Army-Navy game. So you'll have options to catch other other top teams playing on Saturday. We'll see if we get any surprising upsets, and if so, we'll talk about that on the next podcast. But I'm just interested to see how well Bama plays and how well Sexton plays against Alonzo Trier. I think Arizona is going to win that game with some ease. But uh, but regardless, Colin Sexton is always obviously worth watching. Uh, to go back a little bit, I, I think Arkansas probably wins a close game o- over Minnesota. I think Arizona handles uh, Alabama. I just don't think Alabama is built to go win that game right now, although Alabama is talented and Colin Sexton is terrific. And I'd be surprised if Wichita State had problems. You know, they, they struggle with South Dakota State midweek. Did you see the, uh, the clip of Greg Marshall leaving the court for halftime? Ah, oh, so good. So good. He's so mad. He That's could. like 
curtain call, the show's about to go on, and you're like running on stage before the curtain comes. He, it was like clearly the the horn hadn't even sounded yet, and he's like not shoving in a violent way. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like to players who are still like watching what's happening on the court, and Greg's like moving them out of the way, headed straight to the locker room, like so clearly about to just tear into them and whatever. Uh, whatever he did, it was effective because they came back, they won that game, avoided what would have been a, a, a bad home loss to still a pretty good South Dakota State team, you know, a team that's beaten Iowa that, that won at Ole Miss. But, you know, if you're Wichita State, you're not supposed to be losing uh, to that team or that level of team uh, inside your, your home arena. But the Greg Marshall thing was uh, was just a terrific uh, video. If you haven't seen it yet, just go find it. It's all over uh, Twitter. But given that they uh, uh, weren't sharp midweek, I imagine practices have been pretty intense since then, and I would think that they're going to show up and handle Oklahoma State pretty easily. But, as always, we will see. Norlando, are we going to talk again on Sunday night? Uh, absolutely. We will talk again on Sunday night, then go ahead and book it. And remember, you can subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast via iTunes, so please go do that. It makes a difference. We appreciate it. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF, and Teagle. And like I said, we'll be back Sunday night. Till then, 